listeners to a film Podacy, brought to you by the two marks this time we're reviewing no time to die and once again the two marks are delivering an irreverent review providing you lively debate conversation and social commentary so here with your ears only the guy who loved me the man with the golden smile and massive thunderballs you can be a bit of a spectre but as a license to thrill so to die another day let me introduce my friend and co-host mr mark pollard hey mate hello i feel like i've got no retort to what you've just said at all <laughs> absolutely nothing at all well thank you for that wonderful introduction i feel like i should have made more effort to try and prepare to retort back but i made as much effort as the director of this film absolutely <laughs> i love the segue yeah nice yeah you did indeed which well, director well I, I was gonna say perhaps we should explain what film we're gonna discuss today james bond no time to die except if you're watching this film spoiler alert how we feel well let's just say this isn't gonna be a long one is it <laughs> <laughs> so we've seen it we've seen it it's taken 18 months to come out or technically six years to come out mm. Spectre it was the last film that came out because Skyfall came before that yeah Spectre which this film is supposed to directly follow from was in 2015 and now we're in 2021 the six years have gone and 18 months have went it out and pushing back the release question to you because I think you normally ask me what I thought of it then that will be the end of the podcast so <laughs> let me ask you what you thought of it and then what I will do is instead of answering that question I will just give you my enjoyment of Bond films historically. (laughs) Are you a James Bond person? I'm a fan. I wouldn't say I know a lot of stuff. I was brought up on them every Christmas time when they're on without fail on ITV. I love them. I know over the course of time they're probably not always aged well let's say. However I'm not watching them for that. I'm watching them for the spy thriller type thing aren't you? Americans try to copy the James Bond thing because James Bond is quintessentially English. Yeah. I watched it for the stunts more so now but even when I was a kid I just loved the death defying feet and we'll go into that later gadgets all the gadgets and the villains were also like ah Mr Bond do you expect me to talk and the cars and the cars yeah for me was why I watched them and every Christmas I watch them even though they're ITV I mean they're not short films anyway are they no by the time adverts have gone in with ITV you've got like a 16 hour film like watching Lord of the Rings I love them all <laughs> tell me what you think I quite like James Bond films his Historically, for all of those reasons that you remember as a kid, mm. they were the great, exciting, thrillery, spy films that you watch. And I guess every time they're on, you reminisce about or it takes you back to your childhood. So that's quite cool. But as a franchise, actually, I think as I've got older or perhaps as other franchises have come into my life, like, of course, Marvel, I've become less asked about Bond. As in, like, impartial, the idea of this film coming out, I was a bit like, oh, OK. Whereas if a Marvel film it'd be like came out how quickly can I get to the cinema to see it this one it's if I get time I might go to the cinema otherwise I'll wait till it comes out and I'll just watch it then type thing I'd probably still see the film but that urgency to see it that hunger and desire isn't quite there with Bond films and I don't know whether that's with age or my tastes are changing or whether it's run its course as a concept I don't know but that's kind of how I felt about this film Daniel Craig's Bond has actually been quite a good one of the four films he's done is this the fifth 
This is the fifth film, isn't it? The first and the third, so Casino Royale and Skyfall were mega movies. Absolutely loved those completely. They were modern day takes on Bond in a way where I just thought they were brilliant. Number two and number four I thought were a bit wanky and a bit self-indulgent. A bit like the older Bonds of like Pierce Brosnan where they ended up getting lost in their own arseholes. It's like Bond and we can do whatever and they end up this ridiculously complicated, unnecessarily stupidly big bad was created. So I didn't know coming into this on the basis there was a 50-50 chance of it being great or shit. I had no idea what to expect and having now seen it, I feel that they have decided that James Bond no longer needs to exist. They will move it into the modern times, which I guess we'll talk about and I don't particularly have a major issue to a point but they've decided James Bond is no more and the ability to wrap up all of the really shitty storylines that they've kind of been dragging through the last four films was just so half-assed. It was unreal. I would categorise this film as a stocking filler movie for the reason you've just quite rightly said. I think I do love James Bond and was very disappointed with this one simply because we know from another film that we'd seen the sequel of, The Suicide Squad, what happens when you try to change something. For example, if you write a story and you then get replaced halfway through and I'm brought in to write the better part of it, you can tell like this movie for me was essentially two people's stories. And one of them giving less of a shit on the story than the old Well, one one literally going, what I'm going to do. And the same happened with Ryan Johnson with Star Wars. That's probably the better example. They'd set up what they were going to do for the final three films of Star Wars and they brought in someone who wasn't a fan, couldn't care less, may have turned up for the paycheck, we don't know. Literally went, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead, that's going nowhere and ruined the whole arc of the story, in which case the last film had to try and explain why that had happened when that wasn't the plan. This has not only been 18 months coming. Danny Boyle, who was brought in to direct, left due to inverted commas creative differences they then brought in Fujiyama I think that's how you pronounce his name it went through several screenplay drafts beforehand then somebody somewhere panicked and went we're not sure whether it's going to be good they were supposed to release it they didn't they were offered 400 million pounds for its stream they declined that now I wonder the reason why they've declined the release and pushed it back and pushed it back is because the storyline's about a racist virus So they've gone, COVID-19 still about, do we want to put a movie on at the cinema when the cinemas are on their knees about a virus that individually targets a certain type of genome? Probably not want to do that. So I don't think they've held back for any other reason than the financial impact of nobody going to see a film about a virus that just targets specific groups. And in between all that, Amazon bought MGM. So now Amazon owns their arseholes. I don't know whether they own the rights to Bond. It's still under the Broccoli family ownership. This film has suffered from rewrite from directors leaving you can tell you're watching that film which is three hours roughly it is literally two separate stories you can see that Phoebe Waller-Bridge has been wheeled in to throw some humour because now you can't use the old Bond phrases that Roger Moore coined and Sean Connery tried it but Roger Moore was a bit more of a campy comedic but he'd always do what Arnie did he was a bit tongue in cheek what he did and I think each Bond was good for what they did George Lazenby was good and what they've tried to do with this film it's got elements of Doctor No they rebooted this franchise with Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace carried on. So what this Bond path has been is instead of each Bond movie being slightly different, this one has followed a path where we've spent from the beginning of Casino Royale through Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre and now No Time to Die has set up the vastness of Spectre who are all now dead. Well this is the thing, Spectre's always been an irritant to me. I liked Casino Royale and Skyfall because they were largely standalone type films. I know there was sort of elements of Spectre drawn in but for me it felt like a very small 
all part of the process. It was more about the character of Bond. That's why I really liked them. The Quantum of Solace and Spectre, I disliked fundamentally because it had that, it felt like they were crowbarring in this universal baddie that always applied to being the baddies and every problem that Bond ever dealt with was because of this organisation where in essence I'm a bit like, well, actually there's enough bad people out there doing enough weird shit where you don't need to keep on reverting everything back to this one organisation. So I didn't enjoy those films because I felt like it was being crowbarred in. This film was even worse because not only did they crowbar the same bloody bad guy organisation in, they wiped them all out and replaced them with another person who was trying to replace the organisation they just wiped out. So I was like, okay, so you've just undone four films worth of bad guy world building and replaced it with someone who is tantamount to the exactly the same thing but without any of the background so I care even less about him than I did do the organisation I didn't like in the first place a guy who's stolen Lucifer's name yeah but he spells it wrong because maybe he's got a lisp or something I don't know <laughs> but Luth- Luther who cares who he is basically a guy who looks like he's been to the Phantom of the Opera they didn't explain who he no. was why he was they threw the odd bits and pieces in but to a large degree I have still no idea who he was what motivated him he just seemed to decide overnight he wanted to be a bad person and well let me tell you what that is because I didn't have a fucking Scooby-Doo <laughs> turns out that Mr. White who you know from Casino Royale Quantum yeah. Solace and the other movies throughout the whole of these series of five films yes they are standalone but they're also part of a collection the Daniel Craig collection it'll be known as Mr. White who is the father of the woman who this Lucifer goes to the house of to kill Mr. White that's her dad and that's the one who's involved in Spectre right. that James Bond ends up speaking to at the end of Casino Royale but it's that long since Mr. White existed I exactly. don't give a flying two fuck about that and I guess that's where this film's lost me and why Quantum of Solace and Spectre lost me because they were kind of trying to do the same thing Daniel Craig as James Bond and what he's done with that character I think has been mega it absolutely brilliant he's brought a real gritty real persona to the character the ruthlessness of Casino Royale the fact that he has a bit of a, a history and a backstory and is a damaged person in Skyfall even in the shitter ones where you can see he's getting older he's damaged all his old injuries are really causing him problems he's got alcohol issues I like that because that made that character as opposed to being a superhero which is how he's being portrayed in by all the other people he actually felt like a real human being who was vulnerable and mortal but still had a set of skills that perhaps gave him a better chance of surviving whereas me and you would have been wiped out five minutes after we'd arrived at the fancy party that we were turning up to those two things never have quite married and in this film I feel they've completely lost all the shit and I don't know whether it's because there's been such a gap between this film and the previous film but it felt like I couldn't really remember who any of the characters were and I didn't want to have to go back and watch Spectre in order to understand this next film because that feels like you've got to do homework before you go to the pictures and surely going to the pictures should just be a fun experience whereas this film almost played on the fact that if I hadn't reminded myself or remembered specifically about the previous film I didn't have a clue I couldn't remember who the girl was that he apparently was in love with I couldn't remember who half the characters was so when he went to the Spectre party and they all get wiped out he's got that girl who's helping kill couldn't remember who the chuff she was she wasn't in the other one you see I couldn't remember I assumed she was because I don't know who she is one that had turned up wearing very little yeah yeah in an anti-feministic film just two weeks out of training for the CIA and then managed to batter everybody with their big heels that one exactly she isn't in the other one well you see I assume she must have been in and I've forgotten her because I didn't know who she was I didn't even know who she was working for she's technically a Bond girl but you can't say Bond girl you have to say Bond woman bullshit but 
trying to be all woke about it, put women in powerful positions, yet she's there with her basically a dress right up to her arsehole and goes, oh, well, I mean, you have to forgive me. I'm only two weeks out of CIA training and then batters everyone, which is really good. He's a strong character there, throwaway character. But she only lasts 10 minutes. Yeah, and then done, just to jump forward a bit, that the guy who's looking after the world's most dangerous viruses, clearly on the take, or was a double agent, because that wasn't going to be seen fucking Well, it was the time. Russian accent that gave it away. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> he then obviously swaps out the virus that was supposed to kill James Bond and swaps out with the one that killed Spectre because Lucifer, whatever his surname is, wanting to get back at Spectre because Mr. White killed his family but didn't kill him effectively, which is why he has to wear a Phantom of the Opera mask because he's all scarred from the poison that was used and goes to the house that's at the very beginning of the story. Now, if you don't know all that, you're fucked, aren't you? Let's be honest. If well, you I didn't. That's the point. Welcome to my version of yeah. No Time to Die. That's where that all comes from. That's his motivation. He survived an attack by Mr. White in order from Blofeld. He manages to persuade the Russian virologist to swap out the virus. So when he goes to the party, Bond should have died, which is why Blofeld's got this eye on a plate thing, which he's managed to do from the world's toughest prison, Belmarsh Prison. Your basement. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Welcome. That's where you keep people. And keep you do people. it very securely, in I fairness do. to you. No one has an eyeball on a plate when they're in my prison, I can assure you. <laughs> so he manages, I don't even know how he got an eyeball into the prison, but anyway. Move Bell, on yeah, from that, yeah. Let's dispel belief for a minute, because you're going to have to, as we move into this film, Bond survives every Spectre agent that's been out across the world because it targets the DNA of individual people. They're all dead. Spectre's now gone. He's now basically the only villain in this movie. Bond takes that to Mr. Blofeld. They don't know who he is because he's retired. His double O status has been allocated to somebody else now. So he goes to see him. Obviously, there's this wanting of villains to tell people what their plan was because they don't think they're going to get killed and then ultimately get killed. He tells him his whole plan. I thought Bond was going for a peck on the cheek, but ends up getting riled up, touches him, and because he's touched his girlfriend, the daughter, the daughter of Mr. White, Blofeld's dead. Yeah, I'm glad we saved him in the last film and then represented him as a dangerous villain in this film, only to wipe him out five minutes later. Spectre essentially was an Origins, similar to how Casino Royale was a precursor and preambled where James Bond was at the very beginning of the movie because it was shot in black and white because that tells you it's old. Was it John Mendes? Was it John Menzies? That's a shot. John Mendes. Was it, was it Mendes? It was somebody Mendes. John Mendes? Jo- no, he's a singer. <laughs> I'm saying John Menzies, the news agents that's gone bust. Was it Sam Mendes that directed Casino Royale? No, Martin Campbell. Like I said, Martin Campbell. <laughs> who was the director of Casino Royale, wanted to show Bond before he got his double O status. But I like that. I think Daniel Craig has been really good as Bond. And even in this film, as much as I'm starting to slag off this film, I still think Daniel Craig played an amazing role as Bond in this film because you still had that ruthless streak that we first saw in that scene you're describing back in Casino Royale where he was like, right, I've got a job to do. Bang, bang, done. Give me my double O status, please. He's got that in his lock. You've got the fact that he was a bit older, so things are a bit harder. The fact he's retired, so he doesn't quite have the same resources. But by the same token, he has zero fucks if he feels that he needs to do something and people aren't back him up. So the British Secret Service were like, well, it's got nothing to do with you. Mind your own business. And he's like, well, all right, I'll go do it with the Americans instead. I don't care. It needs sorting. It's your mess. But if you're not going to do it, I'll go somewhere else. And I quite like that. And I particularly liked the ending when he finds out he's got a kid 
obviously cottons on early on when he's in the house, I think. He sort of knows. Well, I think the audience cottoned on an hour beforehand when they yeah. saw the blue eyes. Yeah, but at the end, when he, the big sort of bye-bye scene, I thought he did that well as well because I genuinely was gutted to see Bond going, listen, how many people have I killed? How many situations have I, by the skin of my teeth, avoided this from happening? It was only a matter of time before eventually he was going to catch up with me. Here it is. And I thought he played that brilliantly throughout. As a Bond character, I think he's been brilliant throughout. What's let him down is this constant desire to create a universe that they don't seem to want to fully commit to. Whenever they need a MacGuffin, they turn to Spectre's, oh, we've got a hole in the storyline. Spectre, we need a bad guy. Spectre <laughs> and that's kind of all they've done and that's what's let the films that have fallen on their ass down and this one was exactly that Judy Den says if you get the job do the fucking job quote that's what she says we've talked in other podcasts about the fact that a lot of the time we give a hard time to the actors but let's step back with their acting given by the script and the screenplay they're given and okay I know some of them have executive producer credit as well so they have a little bit more say in what they can do and in fact in this movie I know Daniel Craig was given and had a few ideas of what things should do but because it's gone through such and such a long period of time and this has ended up a stocking filler movie where if I go and see it, it's a bit of a bonus it's like getting a tangerine at the bottom of your stocking a bit uncomfortable if you're wearing heels <laughs> your big present is Avengers Endgame and then you hear that James Bond is out and you go, should we go and see that a bit of a bonus film in the same month and you go to see the cinema twice, this one, the payoff was diabolical, I mean I've shortlisted it, I whistle stop tour what the movie essentially equated as, but if you look at all the Bond okay, taken away, maybe they're not all great, they don't translate well in today's circumstances if we take them on the fact of how they were they're all enjoyable films Never Say Never Again isn't particularly because that's not canon that's just Sean Connery getting some money he wanted to remake Thunderball the best move that's underrated by all accounts Moonraker it's taken Bond into space now you go oh that's not very good well Fast and the Furious 9 has just done that how is that unreasonable as a film franchise than doing that it's either being Spectre as the villain or Spectre adjacent you know Jaws I think was a villain from Spectre the villains that you had in those Bond movies I would argue are better written then these Bond villains have odd job with his hat, Blofeld at the You time. see, I didn't know they're all Spectre. I didn't know that the big bad for James Bond was Spectre. Yeah, in a roundabout way, or Spectre adjacent, as I like to say. Jaws worked for Spectre, I think. Blowjob, I mean, Blofeld. <laughs> no, odd job. So what I've done there, I've taken Blofeld and I've taken odd job and I've made Blowjob. Oh, hey. <coughs> We know what's on your mind then. Yeah, thank you. I'll wait till later. <laughs> You'll have but to no. buy me dinner first. <laughs> <laughs> but then the other villains that weren't linked to Spectre, if memory serves, because I'm going back to the 70s and even earlier to the 68, the guy who was in the one with Jane Fonda where Roger Moore runs across the crocodiles. Yeah. You think about all them. You think about the car chases. And you think about the car chases of the time when they didn't have the permits, they would just drive a car and they didn't have all of the red tape they have now. All those stunts that one of the biggest things they've replicated is in Moonraker the stunt where they jump out of the aeroplane has been repeated and copied earlier as the latest Mission Impossible film Fallout and you think it was done in the late 70s what you're seeing is not CGI it's not practical effects it is a stuntman and a cameraman fighting in the air with hidden parachutes that was then it's been the template for stunts today the car chases where they spin a car around it's all down to precision driving you remember the sheriffs chasing them yeah and I do remember that one yeah and the car doesn't have a barrel 
roll, doesn't it? Yeah. Hardest thing to do to roll a car. And yet these were done. One of the greatest things about any James Bond film is you knew when you're watching it, you weren't watching green screen, you weren't watching blue screen. It wasn't CGI. It was actually happening. So you're getting your money's worth. Because Vic Armstrong was the stunt guy in some of these. And I don't even think that he's involved in this one. But he ended up being the stunt coordinator and was doing all the car chases and stuff like that. Aston Martin gave them umpteen vehicles to mess up. Aston Martin is a brand supporter of the films. They choreographed it wonderfully. Here is literally they've given up. My takeaway from the Bond thing was different to yours at the end, which I'll tell you at the end. Let me whistle yeah. top at my note. Q is apparently gay. Doesn't build gadgets, apparently. Just cooks nice dinners for two. M is a genocidal alcoholic. They wanted female empowerment, but Money Penny, who shot James in Skyfall, is now behind a desk serving drinks and as a secretary-stroke PA. Nomi, who's been given a 00 signature, gives it up in a heartbeat when Bond returns. Um, and did fuck all in this film, by the way. And did. Well, I'm glad I mean, you we'll said come that. to that. We, yeah. we will come back to that. But probably one of the biggest wastes of a character you create Massively. one with the new 007 instead of making her better than Bond to justify that title. They kind of just have a turning up after Bond arrives yeah. and not doing it as effectively. Well, again, if you're going to have this as a woke fest, which it literally is... I knew you are going to go down this road. Well, when I was watching it, I'm thinking, Latham's having an aneurysm about this. At the end of this film, I laughed out loud and went, fucking hell. <laughs> but because I didn't realise how loud I am in a quiet cinema, when you've got soundproofing, when someone's going, fucking hell, well, people heard me. So <laughs> so you got that going on. You've decided to make her a woman, which is okay, wonderful. She isn't. And according to the woman who owns the rights to the Bond franchise she's gone on record saying James Bond isn't a woman Ian Fleming wrote him as a, a white quintessential Englishman and that's it if you want other characters I've said before just write other characters well, well, this is probably an issue I have with the ending which is that they've brought James Bond to an end and what they now want to do is keep the James Bond franchise going but without James Bond which feels like a bit of a misnomer mm. whereas actually what I feel they could and should have done is introduce the characters that they have so money penny um the new 007 did we find out what her name was Nomi Nomi and, and, okay yeah, Nomi probably short for no more involvement but you see we could have had an almost like a Marvel style extended universe that gave these characters their own films or had TV series that panned out or had films where they are the stars of the show which sort of run concurrent to Bond yeah. but separately so to speak and that's yeah. what they could have done because then they could have actually had her as being a proper kick ass character who mm. did cool stuff and therefore allowed for them to do it but what they were actually doing was going hey nudge nudge wink wink guess what we're going to do because Bond is fundamentally a white male sexist alcoholic pig uh, we're going to wind that character down which I don't have an issue with as such because I get it and I understand the flaws with that character but they didn't do it properly in this film because they didn't give her the chance to basically show us what was going to be replaced as I say she always turned up half an hour after Bond had already fixed the problem or she turned up at the same time but failed so yep. the person got away or she didn't achieve what she was out to achieve or when her and Bond partnered up she got sent on the shit jobs she's like yeah you go find out what that fella's doing and let me know while I go do the proper work and that's kind of how it felt which fundamentally made what they were doing defunct it made it flawed because that's exactly right isn't it it's trying to say Bond is a misogynistic man it was already 
turning when Piers Brosnan took over and Judy Dench was M, who you killed off. Well, not you. I'm not. Well, she you. was amazing. She was amazing. Then. Female leader of MI6. Which, ironically, and bearing in mind, we've now got a gay Q, which, which again, great. I want more diversity on the screen. 25 movies, we didn't know he was gay. I don't really mind that they've introduced that, but when you have that added into, we've now got a 007 who's a woman and from a... Marked uh, identity group. Ill-represented part of society. We've got Money Penny, who, as you quite rightly say, was just woefully underused. So you've got all these great things that I can't stress enough. I am so happy that films do properly start to represent society, and it's well before time that that should be the case. However, ironically, you've still got a white male who's now heading up MI6 and is essentially in charge, so it's a bit like... He's an alcoholic yeah. and genocidal because he wanted to create this virus. Yeah, so he kind of feels a bit daft that you've taken out Judy Dench, who, was quite it? frankly, was amazing Absolutely. as M. Yes. I mean, she was just fucking awesome. Best I've one. never seen anyone keep Bond in check in the way that yeah. she did. Well, she Piers was... Brosnan, she says to him, you are a dinosaur of a bygone age. That was set of movies where Piers Brosnan was changing. If you look at the evolution of the films, women were no longer the victims, if you want to get into the toxic victimisation trope, where Bond would sleep with somebody to get information. They'd shifted that. That happened with Roger Moore. The best identity of strong women is in Moonraker with the CIA agent Goodhead. She challenges James Bond is actually a counterpoint to James Bond in Moonraker and stands her own and makes it clear that she ain't going to deal with any of his sexism, not the sexist particularly, but the misogynistic type behaviour that people don't like anymore. She's a best counterpoint to him and he's not trying to better. He's not trying to woo her to get information. I mean, that was what was coming out of it. Piers Brosnan's era was the moving out of it and was being checked saying, we know you're a dinosaur. But he still was. I mean, those yeah. films still fell into but that we category. Know, we know this goes on. We know the people. We know what there's people out there that do that. Let's not forget he's an MI6 officer with a license to kill. We don't know what people who are in those high pressure roles do and are. I mean, you speak to anyone who's a Navy SEAL or SAS if you know who they are because he'd probably kill you if you found out. But they do things. Like- this is why Daniel Craig was such a good James Bond because in the first film, Casino Royale, he does actually do that, doesn't he? The woman, when he comes out of the seawater with his big boobs, he beds that guy's wife to get information from yeah. her and she ends up getting killed and that shows his ruthless streak. But there's other things that he does to make it ruthless and actually, save for the odd occasion when he did that to get some information, he was a lot more like, I'll do what I need to do to get the job done. And you would. Biggest platform of danger I've ever faced was... A- <laughs> Was going back when your order at McDonald's is wrong? Eating some chicken that had a date on it that was two days past its best buy. Do I don't? I? Am I going to regret this? Eating brie that's been in the sun. <laughs> I once had a crab stick that was left on a table buffet for three hours. So that's the biggest amount of danger. But these people live this where they're going to die at any moment. So you need to take yourself out of your cushy cinema seat that you've paid £10 in. And you need to go, if I was a guy with a licence to kill, so I'm highly trained, you don't have attachments, you're not connected to anyone because they will become risks to you and your life because they will kidnap your family and they'll coerce you to work against your government. You've come out of the 80s with the Cold War. You've been into the 90s where you've been fighting Afghanistan the past 30 years and now we're in a war where it's done by drones. Your enjoyment may just be you would go out somewhere enjoying your time out, not care because you might be dead tomorrow and you'd have some cocaine and martini shaking on shirt. And maybe pay for some sex. Now, that might be seen by today's society who have no clue about what goes on in the Secret Service and they don't 
don't need to. They go home very secure, happy in their beds that they can watch Love Island and they wake up the next day, go to work and they don't realise that 30 suicide bombers have been foiled by our protective services. So if that person just happens to be a little bit misogynistic, I'm all right with that. Is it right in today's society? Probably not. But if it was a plumber doing it, I'd probably have a problem. When there's a guy protecting our national security and global interests, do you not know what their job involves? Probably going to be giving them a bit more leeway. However, all this film is, is tokenism, pandering, checkboxing. When you go to see a James Bond film, the same as you would go and see a Harry Potter film or the Fast and the Furious, you know Fast and the Furious is going to involve cars, capers, the complete dispelling of a belief of physics. You know Harry Potter is going to involve magic, creatures that don't think exist. They don't, Mark. Oh. <laughs> Shit. If you go there and you go, well, I'm a bit offended now because there was a bloody dragon in that or it was a massive spider. You know what Bond is about. There's 25 movies that have set that up. You rightly say, and I don't disagree, and they've tried it once because they did it in Die Another Day and Halle Berry's character was actually going to be a spin-off, not to replace Bond because you don't need to replace Bond. Bond is an established character that's been written the way it's been written by the author. If you want to have a Black James Bond, don't have a Black James Bond. Have a 008, 009 as a spin-off. They tried it with the Bourne films to do a TV show it got cancelled because it was diabolical just shows you that sometimes what you want isn't always what you're going to get I don't even mind that they give 007 to another person that's fine for me it makes sense that the assigned number is for the person who holds the seat at that time but it does fundamentally stop being a James Bond film because the name James Bond (laughs) doesn't really work if James Bond isn't in the film it becomes a double O movie or a secret service movie and I think that's where I feel I'm slightly confused where it's going because it feels like the next film is not going to be a James Bond film it's going to be a double O film can't be James Bond because James Bond is the name of a person double O seven is the name of an allocated secret agent I think you're right it can be that's what made it stupid is they've given the designation to be radical and pioneering and then the moment they're given it the lady who's got it Nomi has it for five minutes and then Bond's back and she goes here you can have it so it didn't mean anything but maybe Nomi gets it back in the next film but no. Nomi isn't James Bond she's Nomi she is her own person with her she own is. characteristics and her own backstory but she's not James Bond because her name's not James Bond it's Nomi I'm interested to see as I say I'm quite glad that they've brought in these characters or introduced these facets to properly represent things that have been sadly lacking from James Bond and probably would have meant that the franchise would die anyway by virtue of not being representative of society but ultimately it's not going to be a James Bond film going okay. forward because James Bond is now dead. What they've done here is exactly what Joss Whedon did when he found out Angel was cancelled and killed everybody. (laughs) They've killed the franchise. The franchise is well and truly fucked. Anyone now who needs to write a James Bond, all your characters are dead, your big villain's gone. You can't continue the universe, you have to reboot it. So it will be a reboot. All these characters they've introduced won't be back. Guarantee it. It's just an absolute shit show. But that's a shame because Moneypenny I love. Yeah, Moneypenny might be. Q's been really good. Going back to the Q thing, spending more time than they have, the fact that he's now gay isn't a problem. They've done exactly what they always do, is we've had 25 Bond movies and only by the single sentence, he's waiting for his date to appear. Yeah, no, I suppose to play the counterpoint to that, if you assign the Q in the same way as we have M and 007, it's the person who holds that C is Q. So we're not saying that in the 25 movies it's been the same Q throughout that, although I suppose that does then ask the question of how James Bond's managed to survive through so many Qs. Let's ignore that logic. Even if what you say is true, which is valid, the five movies that Ben Whishaw's been Q, nobody's... But they could have done it at any point, couldn't they? Instead yeah. of just going, right, this film 
films the film where we correct everything yeah also the question I need to ask you to rationalise this is how many times during your day do you tell people you're heterosexual or feel a need you have to I suppose it's mentioned because they want people to feel like they're being representative I guess it would have been nice if they'd have done it in earlier films when they weren't also trying to introduce other characters like a female 007 it's like well okay now it does feel a little tick boxy exercisey because what you're trying to do is correct this whole franchise in a single film whereas actually you should have been trying to do that gradually over the five films so that come the end of Daniel Craig's thing either you introduce a new James Bond but with a far better representative universe that supports that character or you get rid of James Bond and you've got it all done but you've done it properly and naturally and it's organic correct, organically and, that, yeah, and that's whereas it didn't with. this film didn't feel like that at all I have no problem with organic diversity at all my biggest bugbearer is when it's exactly that we've had five movies of Ben it would have been nice ultimately James Bond isn't going there for Q to tell him oh by the way I'm gay or intimate that he's going there and go I've got he wants a, a pen that's exploding yeah, we didn't get any gadgets <laughs> we did get a couple no we didn't name three well he had that EMP you can't use the DB9 guns because that Bond car's been used throughout all of the films yeah. so that's not really new what other things part of the well movie, he showed all his tech skills didn't he really well he showed him table with candles and two plates on he, he jumped on the computer and there was like turning around the that's not a thing. gadget that's him doing his job I Dance know you. what you're saying I just think everyone was underserved in this film yeah. apart from Daniel Craig who I thought did a brilliant job and I thought everyone who did their bits did it you see I was gutted about flaming Felix getting killed yeah. I love Felix and I particularly love no sorry let me correct that I absolutely love Jeffrey Wright and his portrayal of Felix yeah. and I've loved him from Casino Royale he's been a great one and then they go and flipping kill him off I'm glad you mentioned that because that is exactly what I'm talking about about organic diversity throughout all the films Felix would be typically a white American making him black American is organic Jeffrey Wright is an amazing actor so when you introduce him as a, essentially what Casino Royale was a reboot of the Bond franchise why not makes sense doesn't change the story he's very good he's the voice of the watcher in the what if he's in Westworld yeah very good actor strong performances done it really well all you've done as you rightly say underserve him you've killed him off the same way as Vespa was killed and ironically from Felix and to the fella who kills him again you've had another white male kill off yeah. it's a bit like all the characters who seem to do alright or come on top you're not doing yourself any favours no it's just a bit shit because I really like Felix and I know he's been killed off in previous reincarnations of Bond he was killed off he in by um, a shark. yeah and it was living daylights yeah he was being hung above a shark infested area so I know it, it's not not being done before but he was just shit he drowned and he wasn't even a spectacular death no and in Bond he's like leave me leave me it's like not being funny mate my girlfriend Vespa died exactly the same way I ain't gonna let that happen again oh I am I am gonna do because you're that, bleeding yeah. from your gut so I know yeah. you're gonna die anyway yeah. so Bye. actually what I should do is put a bullet in your head so you're not left choking and drowning to Horrible death, death yeah. and get my ass out of here so that we don't both cark it yeah exactly that so you've literally gone through all of your main cast the other thing is the Bond villain trying to be Doctor No with his fucking volcanic base of operations oh, I hated that right and gone oh what have I done I've put it in a nuclear silo so everyone's going to get irradiated and have no children and I'm going to create a garden of the most of deadliest death. plants when they'd finished that were they going to bring in the shark pond Best. and the laser beams you mentioned Doctor Evil that was a parody of the James Bond film James Bond has been parodied across all of the films over the years because things you take away from it the best things you have ever had as henchmen and villains bases and the way they dispatch people piranha infested pond shark infested pond all of those wonderful things a chair that exploded because you didn't do the mission properly or you 
you've got a knife in your shoe or you've got a bionic arm because you got eaten by a crocodile they're your best Bond villains this is literally going I don't give a toss and you go work there by the way yeah, well, uh, what's the job application uh, for that yeah, exactly. HR's going to go um, you go on a recruitment website looking yeah. for a job and it's do you not give a shit about dying of radiation poisoning do you want children yeah you may be killed at any point by virtue of the fact that you will be <laughs> collaborating with the world's most evilest person that no one knew apply here <laughs> Yeah, 30,000 a year. And a volcanic base basically set between Japan and Russia that nobody seemed to know was there. And he's built this wonderful infrastructure that Russia and Japan didn't know about for all these years. People working in acid that doesn't really show itself until Well, it was funny as fuck when someone fell in and they, that person devolved and they were, oh, we best get out of here. Ignoring the fact that they were all in hazmat suits in water that they clearly had no knowledge of putting what was obviously highly radioactive stuff in there. Yeah. It's like, oh, so now you're bothered because someone's fallen in there and dissolved is, exactly. is it now too dangerous to be in there exactly that was another laugh out loud moment and then the end where the shittest villain ever is having a bit of a wrestle in his pond Bond shoots him straight away and then he goes ooh and scratches his face and goes now you can't touch the two women you want oh fuck off <laughs> the two women you shouldn't love them your problem my mate is not work out very quickly two hours ago that the kid with blue eyes is your kid because you've been banging this woman and now you're going oh I love you both and then he goes oh you can't so what I'm going to do is because I can't go on I'm just going to go suicide by rocket now it might be a great performance by Daniel Craig completely agree but that's not James Bond James Bond would know he's a fucking trained MI6 agent he's faced down death defying missions before he isn't going to go oh I love you I can't go on because I've just found my daughter so all of a sudden I love her more than life so now I can't go on I'm just not going to bother getting off this island I'm just going to let it blow up and die and fuck the whole franchise up so that's what my take on that was and I actually laughed at that point which was a bit embarrassing because no one else was laughing because it was shit. <laughs> Basically, the movie, they've gone, I don't care anymore. Amazon's bought us. We're just going to churn out this shit, kill everyone, any possible connection. We'll do a general Snoke and we'll kill them all off. No one knows what's going to go on. But it's now not a James Bond movie. It's just like another secret agent movie now because Bond doesn't exist unless they reboot it. If they reboot it, they're getting rid of all of the characters. So they're getting rid of the gay queue. They're getting rid of the empowered money penny they're getting rid of the female black 007 they're getting rid of all that if they reboot it or they reboot it where James Bond is a woman but no I, I suppose they could do it the name James Bond the name James Jane Bond it, well the name James I suppose they could do it as a bit of a it's a tongue in cheek joke my parents always wanted a boy so they called me James so I probably find that amusing but they'd lose all of the stuff that they've kind of shoehorned in which defeats the point of having shoehorned it in so to speak they'd have been better yeah. off doing this thing properly yeah. so they could build the universe using those characters and yeah it's a shit show mate and obviously Phoebe Waller-Bridge isn't going to be asked back to screenplay maybe she will I think they should ask you ultimately they will reboot it it'll be rebooted in about three to four years by which point the Zuma generation will have fucked off to the latest hand gluing extravaganza <laughs> and will return to some sensibility where people go it's a movie we don't need to be political we don't need to tell people that oh by the way I'm this I'm that I'm a marked identity let's tokenism all the way up to the max let's just live our lives it's not representative in reality if I walk into town I know for a fact that no one's going to tell me they're gay I'm not going to have anyone go ooh feminism it's literally people will get on with their lives so all they've done is try to appeal to certain groups of people to make them happy but at the same time fuck them all off you haven't established anything there's so many strong characters that could have been used in other movies you don't need to kill James Bond off yes we know he's leaving but you would just recast the Bond Tom Hiddleston great Bond there's so many well, just Elba 
was linked with it. And he again, he just said, well, it would have been a fantastic, or may still be a fantastic Bond. he said on record, James Bond isn't black and said he wouldn't want it. Yeah, but you see, I'm not asked about that. Things change. I'm not bothered about sticking to Ian Fleming's verbatim situation. I'm not even bothered about having a female Bond, but it still has to be Bond. (laughs) Yeah, but it isn't, though, is it? That's the point. Well, it's not now going to be because uh, James Bond is dead. So if in the next one they go, oh, we're going to change it, anyone who now has the double O status now gets called James Bond. It's like, oh, Christ, well, it's alive. Now it's P-double-O because it's absolute shit. I'm a hardcore Bond person, the same as I am with anything else. It doesn't work. If I said to you, I'm going to reboot Black Panther and he's being played by a white actor, do you think that's going to play? It doesn't work, so you haven't got a quality. If you can't do the same the other way around, James Bond is quintessentially a white male man who works for MI6 as a movie that you go and see the same as Fast and the Furious if the Fast and Furious turned up and they're all on fucking BMX bikes you'd be like hang on a minute it's like oh mate moving with the times no one drives anymore because of pollution what? No one cares. They're all driving Teslas. No, that's not going to happen. You turn up to watch Star Wars and you go, apparently stars are racist now. We can't really do that. It doesn't work. People are buying into the idea, not really trying to keep it real. If it was real, you wouldn't want to go. The other thing, which I thought was a bit of a cop-out, is the fact we've got the DB9 that was destroyed completely by a fucking helicopter gunship in Skyfall. While Q's not making dinners for two uh, and come down with me episodes, he's managed to rebuild the DB9. And he's okay, he's upgraded the guns on it. They're now mini guns. It wasn't a DB9 though, wasn't it? Are you talking the one at the beginning of well, that's a DB5, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. The DB9 was the newer sexy one because they're now on the DB11, which is a bit where I was. They did show one when they were going I through. I the one at the back. Yeah, but it never gets driven or I don't remember it getting driven. Maybe no, me drove it. Yeah, which was a bit of a shame, really. I know why Daniel Craig prefers the DB5 and I, I like him in that. And they yeah. did go for, was it the DB7, which was the, the 70s or the 80s version one, which she, the woman he pregnates, was driving at the end okay. clearly you left it to her in the world but she's driving that one I mean that's not the prettiest one by any stretch but that was fine but he didn't drive a new Aston Martin all which I thought was a bit sad did love the cars in this I think that was a callback to it was it the DB5 I'm sure it was a well, DB5 I mean it, it's the silver look, one that get in um, touch if we're totally wrong on the this the Sean Connery drove when it was introduced with yeah. all the bulletproof and the gas and the oil spills and things which was a good callback the living daylights Audi Quattro was used by Timothy Dalton again an underserved James Bond he was a more grittier it's got to be an Aston Martin I'm sorry I'm all in on the Aston Martin if it's not an Aston Martin it's not a James Bond car although Casino Royale was the biggest Ford Fiesta advertisement yeah I know it was but that was a DB9 he was driving in that the one where he turns up at the casino and the one that flips the one that flips that's the DB9 later on isn't it yeah 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 yeah. and that's a super sexy car I mean that's a nice car was that the Vantage (laughs) I always get a bit confused there's a Vantage and a DB9 are different but again get in touch with us we obviously know shit about cars. I don't know about them all. But, but that yeah, was... that's lovely. And then there's the DB11, which is the current one. And that's super, super sexy. And that's why I was a little disappointed that that wasn't in this film, because obviously a James Bond film, love the fact that you were doing the callbacks to the DBs, but you should also have the most recent DB in there. Yeah, one of the biggest things James Bond is known for is the product placement. Christ, like, I'm, that's exhausting, that with yeah. the watches and yeah. the suits and the cars the and the phones, all of, underpants, I mean, that was... condoms. <laughs> it's a full hit. Well, maybe condoms now, we didn't bother. <laughs> 
early 70s. Well, um, obviously, he didn't use the condoms because he ended up with a kid, didn't he? Well, no. How has he managed 25 films with no kids? Or if he did use a condom, it's not a good advertisement for the product that he ended up still impregnating her. That's a very good point I hadn't picked up on. A womanising male chauvinist who's gone through bedding umpteen women in the 70s hasn't had any kids, yet a man living in the 21s has managed to sleep with a woman with consent and managed to get her pregnant. Mm. That is the shittest advocate of anti-feminism drivel I've had in my life. Anyway, the other things that I picked up on, which I thought was a bit of a, a shit show, was the stunts, really. We've seen them before. The car chase on the bike was reminiscent of the rooftop scene in Tunisia, which was also copied when Taken 2 came out. Car chase over the hills was a reminiscent of what was used in Spectre. The helicopter coming into view was reminiscent of Skyfall at the end when they shoot it all up and destroy it. It was almost like a best of bits, wasn't it? They've gone, what we got on the cutting room floor? Let's either replicate it or just shove it all together, make it three hours. The ending is just a complete bag of cocks. Um, ridiculous lines I mean Bond going you have all the time in the world oh fuck off all the time in the world mate it was a theme tune to On Her Majesty's Secret Service when Bond's holding Diana Rigg after she'd been shot by Spectre and then at that moment Bond goes I'm never going to have relationships ever again and it's never talked about in 25 movies until then he's like oh I love you both when he just found out my daughter exists but I love you both you have all the time in the world oh fuck off (laughs) so yeah what did you think? <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose we should really score this film. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give this the title. Um, what do you think you're doing? The score I'm giving it is four. Wow. Yeah. Go on. Well, just no. <laughs> As in Doctor No. It's not even a good Doctor No. If you're going to rip off Doctor No, at least get it right, mate. The only reason he's got four. Daniel Craig is a good actor. The cast is great. The music's shit. I don't even know who did it. Not in that memorable. One of the other things quintessential about a Bond movie is the music. You know, you've gone from all the classic greats over the years. Aha. Living Daylights Spandau Ballet I can't remember them all because I am that old but <laughs> yeah four could probably go on but I think people are bored now okay what about you <sighs> tough I'm going to give it a six because I think there's lots of this film which was quite entertaining I thought it was too long it was about half an hour too long for me I started getting quite fidgety at some point and I can sit through long films when Christ we sat through bloody Justice League full cut in one sitting so I can do it but when I start to fidget it's because it's not holding my attention and if it's not holding my attention as someone who's quite happy to dedicate their attention then I do feel films are a bit too long we've already mentioned the fact that I feel that they were terrible with the story arc I couldn't buy into the baddie I couldn't buy into the baddie arcs it just felt really shit I thought it was far too easy for them to be able to basically steal the world's most dangerous virus you'd figure it was slightly more difficult than just putting a memory pen in a USB port and clicking download which is what he did with a Russian double agent e guy who might as well have come in with the t-shirt saying I'm a bad guy written on it Russian trying to avoid stereotypes yeah they killed off too many good characters they understood served too many new characters or existing characters. It was just disjointed, I think is probably the word I'm looking for. Or shit show, is another yeah. one. And where it leaves us now is either they're going to have to completely reboot the James Bond franchise, but I can't fathom what they're going to reboot it into that will make it any better than the one they already had. So the likes of Money Penny being a good character in the previous films, the likes of having a gay Q. What are you going to reboot this new one to, to 
make it any more representative than what you've kind of done in these films and the previous films. Alternatively, you don't reboot it, in which case you have essentially drawn a line under the character James Bond, which is fine, but it's not a James Bond film after that, is it? It's a Jason Bourne film or a Red Sparrow film, okay. isn't it? You're now basically saying you're a secret agent, or we'll give you the double O because it's a heart back to the James Bond franchise, but you're not James Bond, we know you're not James Bond, but do the same stuff as James Bond. But then I'm going to hold you to an even higher standard because James Bond gets a bit of a pass because it's James Bond and going back to what we said at the outset, you have that sentimental attachment to that franchise. Whereas if you're now removing that sentimentality because I've now not got the James Bond character, I expect it to be as good a film as a Jason Bourne one. And if it's not as good as a Red Sparrow or Jason Bourne, although however you feel about Red Sparrow, I suppose, but if it's not up to scratch, if it's not a strong film in its own right, yeah, you're getting slated. They've caused themselves damage. They've tried with the tokenism to be representative, which I don't agree with the way they've done it. You can achieve it organically in a better way because it doesn't matter. The fact that you're talking about it, the fact that you have to tell people, oh, by the way, I'm a woman, tells you there's something wrong. You shouldn't have to do that. Q being gay has no relevance. We're not living in the 80s. It's not illegal to be gay. So the fact that he is probably implied, could have done it at the very beginning. What you could have done is shown him maybe kissing his partner as he's leaving the house to go to work. Like Star Trek did. Yeah, and then Bond accosts him as he comes out the front door going, right, I need some stuff. You best go back into the house. That would have been perhaps a more natural way of doing it because he's not then going, oh, I'm... Well, I suppose, I don't know, maybe it's the same thing because kissing your partner and saying, oh, I'm preparing a meal for him is essentially the same thing to allude into that fact. Agreed. These are natural things that people do in everyday life. It doesn't matter what you're... You're talking about the job and the role that they're I'm saying that we as a viewer watching this happen historically James has gone to his techno cave and gone what have you got for me he's like don't touch that it's like what's that and he goes it's me lunch ha ha see Phoebe Wallerbridge I didn't need to write that that's something that's historically hysterical and that was the joke especially when John Cleese played him the funny thing was is what things of every day with the pen what's it going to do shoot dart or you got a magnetic thing on your watch or whilst also showing people you watch was reasons why all Bond did is turned up and went, oh you've disturbed me meeting my partner's coming soon and, and I'm cooking him dinner okay but let me just put your zip drive into my computer that's isolated from the rest of the world in a Faraday cage. Oh, yes, I'll put it into another computer. So where's my gadgets, Q? I'm in the middle of doing me fucking soup at the moment. Can you just give us a minute? Oh, I'm burning me crumpets. Who cares, mate? Who cares? No one bothered. Move on. It's life. Everyone has their own little things going on. The point is, you fucked that up because, keep pointing to you, you've not fucked it up <laughs> because five movies have gone and you've killed everyone off that would have given a writer a wonderful backlog and go, well, we can use Nomi because clearly Nomi is now 008. Well, they could have made her a serious kick-ass Absolutely. character, couldn't they? Absolutely. At which point they could have brought her in as a film, yeah. even as a 007 in the next Correct. film. And I'd have been like, right, cool. She was brilliant in that last one. I want to see if she's doing. But yeah. actually, she was, I mean this with all due respect, she was relatively incompetent in this film. She let the Russian geezer go. She kept on turning up after. Late. Or she turned up at the same time as Bond, but Bond won out. When they did team up, and I've said this already, she got given the shit jobs. Yeah. She was like, you have to go there and find out that information whilst I go to the super secret layer and do the real work. We've already talked about this in other podcasts. There's lots of strong female characters, but don't make it a thing. You could reel off a whole list of people who do their job. MPs who are female, well done. Do they need to be told every day? Oh, by the way, you know you're in a powerful job and you're a woman. Yeah, all right. Basically, the opportunity of outcome exists for both male and female. You don't need to make it a thing. What it does by doing that is damaging the trope. Oh, here we go. And everyone's eyes glaze over and you go, I don't really care. I'll come to see James Bond and pay £10 or £15 if you're streaming it. It will be rebooted. It will go back to James Bond. They'll recast I don't think it will. I genuinely 
really don't think it will. I think they've drawn a line under the James Bond character. Okay. I think the next reincarnation of what would be a James Bond film will be the characters we've been introduced to in this movie, continuing it almost in the absence of James Bond. And then they might try and work in the James Bond name somehow. They'll obviously keep the 007 handle because that designation, because they've explained why that is the case. And I think that's what's going to happen. That's an interesting position. I don't think that. They've tried it with Ocean's 8. It was a shitstorm. Every time you reboot a franchise with a female lead, nothing to do with the actors, it bombs. You don't need to take my word for it. You just need to look at the ticket sales. I, don't, I disagree there. I don't think it's the female element to it. I think it's what you're trying to do is create the same thing, but in a different form. Whereas actually, it's like create a new thing which gives them the proper platform. So if Nomi is now going to be the new 007, don't try and make her James Bond. Make her fucking Nomi 007. Mm. He was a kick ass secret agent who's now going to go around and save the world in the same way as the James Bond characters as over but don't try and make her James Bond make her know me stand her in her own two feet as a character put in the hard graft to make sure that she's properly depicted and served yeah. and there you have yourself a franchise of her or of 007s which then opens it up to you can have whatever 007 you want as long as they are a 007 secret agent who's cool at what they do and runs around with gadgets and drives cool cars and wears fancy outfits to parties and kicks ass at the same time I don't give a flying fuck what colour or sexuality or religion you are I'll watch that film if it's done properly but don't make it male female Ghostbusters type thing because that no but that's exactly what it is the female led Ghostbusters film bombed because they were trying to do the same thing as they've done with the male I agree entirely that they've got so much wealth of writing with Nomi I don't even think they need to make it the 007 they could build on that character and she out of respect for the death of James Bond says I'll be 008 or whatever there is there's more than 007 they don't have her in the shadow of another character literal tokenism it's literally going oh we need to do this now because people are going to get upset she's a strong character on her own if there's another one of you you're valued on your own merits because of what you are and who you are oh thanks true story to then go oh you now need to be a woman because we feel that needs to be served as well it lessens you they've underserved her absolutely by what you said earlier she appears in about four minutes worth of screen time in a three-hour movie. What does that tell you? It tells you they've shit the bed. They could be asked. They've gone, what do we need to do in this movie? Well, she should have gone to the big bad secret layer. Correct. And she should have been doing as much as Bond was. And arguably, she should have saved the day. She should have yeah. been the one who got the silos opened. And yeah. Maybe Bond did still die, but he died because of something else that happened. She was still the one who saved the day. She's yes. the one who gets away, and she's the one who continues the story going forward. Absolutely that. It was actually, it was like, oh, can you take me, kids? and get yeah. off the island it's like well actually while I saved the world it's yeah. like well hang on a minute dude I'm a secret agent too let's throw the kid and her onto the boat get them off me and you will save the world and just because I need to now be in the next film I'm going to be able to get off the island mm. whereas you don't and you die that's how it should have been when actually it was like oh no now there's the important stuff I need to open the silos and save the world you go away and yeah, do but, the dishes and get my tea on well that's kind of I mean I know that's not what they meant but it kind of feels like it was Yonon now not an important enough character to do that but actually it felt like actually the purpose of introducing Nomi in the first place was to make her as an important character so that she had the appropriate standing to take over the franchise after that. You've also got what the trailer portrayed which pissed people off because she was literally giving James Bond down the banks who she's half his age, he's got a dicky knee and he still manages to save the day. A pensioner climbing up a set of ladders and she's nowhere to be seen. Do you want to hear that when 
you've got the new cocky come along who goes, oh, well, I could, you're a dinosaur and I could do what you do in half a heartbeat. I'm not saying her specifically, but if a character was generally intelligent enough to become a double O agent, one assumes they're smart enough. They've been trained to yes. read people, deal with people. Yeah. They would be smart enough to go, well, A, if I say that, I'm going to piss him off and therefore he's not going to be someone who will work with me well mm. and I need him to work with me well. So why would I make my own job harder? B, the fact he's still alive and has been doing it for as long as he has suggests he has skills and by virtue of his record I know he has skills because of the things he's done is amazing is he old and broken yes he is but why is that well that's because he's been shot a billion times well I'd be fucking broken I wouldn't want people to disrespect me just because I'm walking around with loads of bullet holes which I've incurred while saving the planet multiple times and be the experience and skill sets he has I could learn a load from you so why would I treat you like a dickhead and a piece of shit because you're old and broken you just wouldn't would you it doesn't feel real now that's the bit we're both self-employed but if we work for someone and we were doing similar jobs with another person you wouldn't go over and throw coffee in the crotch and go you watch yourself your shit yeah it's like hang on a minute we're both getting paid by the same employer to do the same job that we've both trained and qualified in and if we work well the business gets better we'll all get Correct. a pay rise and we'll all do better yes. our lives will be easier yeah. who knows my life might be easier because you can help me do stuff that, and vice versa yeah. that's how you do it exactly but when you are responsible to the safety of an entire country red or blue wire scenario pressure on you for that probably want someone having your back if you're working in the same organisation you don't want to be looking out for villains well that's what the special forces do there's programmes where obviously they get people in to have a go and they go to great lengths to go would I put my life in your hands would I trust you implicitly that when the shit hits the fan I know you're going to be standing next to me and if I take a bullet you're going to be the one who throws me on your shoulder and carries me off to save my life mm. that's how the double O's should be working with one another I trust you implicitly I know that when the shit hits a fan you are going to be there to pick up whatever I can't pick up and if there's a problem you've got my back that's mm. not what you got at all was well, it? No. that's not what's portrayed in this film it's basically you've no. got this cocky new upstart who comes on going huh you're a dinosaur and you've got fuck all and you're retired and you're out of it and it's like well mm, I know you say that but I'm actually coming to you to tell you shit you should already know but you don't know and I'm retired and I haven't got the contacts and I haven't got the resources and I'm still telling you stuff that you should know having already done a load of jobs you couldn't do by using my contacts having been approached by the world's superpower i.e. the American Secret Service asking me not you asking me to sort their shit out because they didn't believe you could do it and you want to give me grief and also threaten to shoot my other knee yeah so alright violence <laughs> you hit the nail on the head it shouldn't matter as long as you can carry me out of a battlefield under fire well in my current condition someone would probably do a back in if they tried carrying me <laughs> I wouldn't put that on my worst enemy. It just dragged me. In fact, you know what? Just leave me. I probably deserved it in the first place. Leave me to Save die. Save yourself. Yeah, yeah. You got all the time in the world, mate. <laughs> So, 4 out of 10, 6 out of 10. I think it's a resounding thumbs down for this film. They will reboot it. We'll have another podcast about it. Oh, God. <laughs> well, let us know what you think. I appreciate some of those topics may have probably touched some buttons. Listen, let us know. I think it suffice to say we feel that the film wasn't well done to serve anyone at all. We're on social media, so Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. It's at The Two Marks. Drop an email to the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk. Check out all the other shows and episodes that we've done they're all on the two marks channel which is on all the major podcast platforms we've got star trek stuff on there marvel stuff on there general film review stuff on there there's loads of content for you to enjoy exciting indeed thanks for listening thanks for listening guys we'll catch you next time excelsior
Check out all our shows exclusively on thepodstation.co.uk.